Hi there, and welcome to another podcast from the 2021 Noosa meeting of the Australian New Zealand Intensive Care Society's Clinical Trials Group. My name's Todd Fraser. Joining me today is Dr. James Wynne-Earls, who is an intensivist and researcher from the Gold Coast University Hospital in Queensland, Australia. And he joins me on the podcast today to talk about fibrinogen in major trauma and the Feisty 2 study. James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. James, hypofibrinogenemia is an independent risk factor for mortality in major trauma. What are the potential causes for this? Um, well, I think the um, the whole concept of trauma-induced coagulopathy um, and uh, the association with mortality and trauma um, is not completely understood. Um, it's a very complex uh, pathophysiological process uh, with a uh, with a complex interplay between um, loss of procoagulant factors, upregulation of anticoagulation factors, uh, and obviously fibrinolysis. Um, but what is clear is that uh, former patients with hypofibrinogenemia uh, do have um, a- an increased uh, uh, mortality and morbidity. Um, and fibrinogen, which is a, a key common um, component of the of the coagulation fa- uh, of the coagulation system, um, is one of the first factors. Um, despite circulating at one of the highest uh, concentrations, to fall uh, below reference ranges um, in in severe injury. Why uh, fibrinogen uh, falls first and falls quickly is not completely understood. Um, but uh, as I said, there's some uh, some very good evidence that certainly even in the pre-hospital environment that patients uh, with severe trauma are hypofibrinogenemic, um, and that is prior to large volume fluid resuscitation or um, uh, or blood product administration, um, and then certainly those that arrive to the major trauma centre with hypofibrinogenemia, there is a an, an association with significantly increased uh, morbidity and mortality. Um, so, as I said, yeah, the, the, the pathophysiological mechanisms are, are not well understood, um, but certainly there is a, a significant association with death and hypofibrinogenemia in severe trauma. So with that as a backdrop, James, what is our current approach to managing this problem in a major trauma patient and what's the evidence base behind that? So uh, the evolution of the major hemorrhage protocol has uh, has been pretty rapid over the last decade um, with an understanding that the unopposed transfusion of red blood cells uh, results in uh, worsening of trauma-induced coagulopathy through a dilutional coagulopathy. Um, and a lot of that evidence came from the, the military um, uh, conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, uh, which clearly demonstrated that a, that a major hemorrhage protocol that did not include uh, coagulation factors uh, resulted in poor outcomes. Uh, the major image protocols that were developed in the military have now been transferred into the um, civilian arena, not just in trauma, but in all forms of major hemorrhage, um, where the transfusion of red blood cells occurs in tandem with uh, coagulation factors, um, majority being fresh frozen plasma and platelets, um, 
with cryoprecipitate um, for fibrinogen replacement often coming later in the in the major hemorrhage protocol. And there's evidence that a that a, that a fixed ratio major hemorrhage protocol involving red cells, platelets, and plasma um, doesn't correct coagulopathy and certainly is inadequate in replenishing fibrinogen um, levels to uh, to a, a degree that would be pro-coagulant. Uh, so currently, there's widespread um, geographical and institutional variation in how fibrinogen is replaced. Um, certainly in the United States of America, um, uh, major hemorrhage protocols are very much um, plasma-based resuscitation protocols. Now, plasma doesn't actually have an awful lot of fibrinogen content in it. Um, and then subsequently later down the track, uh, replacement uh, of fibrinogen with cryoprecipitate. And that's also the same in the UK and in the majority of trauma centres in, um, in Australia. One of the major issues with using cryoprecipitate to replace fibrinogen in the setting of a major hemorrhage protocol is a delay to transfusion. Um, and certainly our data that has been um, uh, looked at by our investigator team and um, other international uh, literature suggests that it can be up to two hours um, in the setting of major hemorrhage before uh, cryoprecipitate is transfused. And obviously that's a, a big problem um, with the majority of trauma patients uh, who die of hemorrhage dying um, within the first one to four hours after presentation to a major trauma centre. In the in the European settings, certainly in, in, in Germany and a lot of Northern Europe, cryoprecipitate is not available um, and hasn't been available uh, for, for for decades now. Um, and they use a, a, a purified, uh, lothalized fibrinogen concentrate, a powder form of fibrinogen that is uh, reconstituted in saline um, and administered as a uh, rapid IV bolus. Um, having said that, there's really, well, there is no good evidence in any form of major hemorrhage, whether it be trauma, cardiothoracic, obstetric, vascular bleeding, uh, that cryoprecipitate is better than fibrinogen concentrate or fibrinogen concentrate is better than cryoprecipitate. And, and that's why we've uh, developed this program of research to investigate these, these two products for fibrinogen replacement. James, what are the theoretical advantages of fibrinogen concentrate over cryoprecipitate? So the theoretical advantages are the rapidity of administration. Um, and the, it's postulated that if fibrinogen is a key clotting, clotting factor that drops early uh, in, uh, in severe traumatic hemorrhage, if you replace it quicker or quickly, um, it potentially can assist in hemorrhage control and correction of trauma-induced coagulopathy. So the speed of administration um, is the is the major benefit. Additionally, um, it can be obviously it's a it's a powder form of fibrinogen, so it can be stored in the trauma bay or potentially even in the pre-hospital environment. Uh, it doesn't require thawing or uh, to be obtained from the blood bank. All reducing delays to um, potential delays to administration of fibrinogen replacement. So we, um, as I said, our investigative team uh, have published a few papers looking at the, the time to uh, 
administration of, uh, of cryoprecipitate um, and also fibrinogen concentrate. And then that data, which is both um, large uh, data from the uh, massive transfusion registry and from observational studies that we've done, suggests that you could possibly uh, administer fibrinogen concentrate within uh, about 30 minutes um, on arrivals at a major trauma centre. Uh, whereas cryoprecipitate can take anywhere between an hour and two hours to administer. So based on, on that uh, observational uh, data, we performed the Feisty pilot trial. Um, this was a, a multi-centre randomised control trial uh, performed in the four major trauma centres in Queensland <coughs> with the primary outcome of time to administration of fibrinogen concentrate compared to cryoprecipitate in major trauma. Um, and we demonstrated uh, in that trial that fibrinogen concentrate can be administered um, uh, within about 30 minutes of presentation to uh, the major trauma centre compared to cryoprecipitate, which was about 60 minutes. This is obviously a, a significant uh, time differential um, in favour of fibrinogen concentrate. But uh, as I said, it was a pilot trial that was purely designed to test the feasibility of the intervention and whether, in fact, fibrinogen concentrate could be administered um, uh, rapidly. Uh, and, that, and all of this data that we've, uh, we've put together has helped to inform um, what we're trying to, uh, to proceed with, which is a larger multi-centre randomised controlled trial comparing the clinical effects of fibrinogen concentrate to cryoprecipitate. And that trial, of course, is the FASTI2 trial, which you presented at uh, the Noosa conference. Can you tell us a little bit about that trial? So, so this is a trial that's been um, uh, uh, in the planning stages for, with uh, said our observational data, our pilot trial data, our systematic reviews for at least the last four years or so, um, and presented it many times at the at the ANZIX uh, CTG. Um, always with uh, very valuable feedback and based on a lot of that feedback we've uh, refined the protocol and the uh, study design uh, to a stage now where we have uh, written the protocol for the study. Um, it's fortunately been uh, endorsed both by the uh, ANZIC CTG and the Australian College of Emergency Medicine uh, Clinical Trials Group um, and it's subsequently uh, currently under review with uh, both the NHMRC and the uh, uh, MRFS um, funding bodies. We have fortunately obtained some funding from the National Blood Authority um, and seed funding, but in order to uh, complete the trial, we're obviously awaiting the results of the larger funding applications. Um, so basically, FISTI 2 is a, a larger scale study than the FISTI pilot trial. Um, with the primary aim to determine uh, in severely injured trauma patients with major hemorrhage and uh, hypofibrinogenemia whether fibrinogen replacement using fibrinogen concentrate compared to cryoprecipitate uh, increases number of days alive and out of hospital at home at 90 days. Now, we've chosen this particular uh, primary outcome uh, after careful consideration um, and consultation with uh, patient consumer groups. One of the major problems with um, trauma trials is um, powering a trauma trial for a hard mortality endpoint is, is very difficult. Um, trauma is a, 
obviously an extremely heterogeneous process um, and demonstrating that a single intervention uh, can reduce uh, mortality is quite challenging. And also the, uh, the number of patients required to power a trial, a trauma trial for uh, a pure mortality outcome uh, becomes logistically impossible. Uh, and this was actually demonstrated in uh, another large uh, uh, randomised control trial, the PROPER trial, that was performed in the United States. This is a trial that was comparing a fixed ratio of one-to-one-to-one uh, red cells, plasma to platelet transfusion, comparing to a one-to-one-to-two fixed ratio transfusion, um, obviously in severe trauma. And although this trial demonstrated a separation in mortality in favour of uh, a higher ratio transfusion, i.e. the one-to-one-to-one uh, ratio, um, it never reached statistical significance um, due to the numbers uh, uh, involved, even though they, they, they randomised almost 700 uh, severely trauma patients. So we toyed with the idea of what would be a useful and clinically relevant um, primary outcome measure. Um, and we did look at potentially a non-inferiority design, uh, looking at a number of, of red blood cells transfused. Um, but after a lot of careful consideration and feedback from a number of experts, we felt that this wasn't particularly a patient-centred outcome. The majority of patients wouldn't really mind if they got eight or 10 or 12 units of of, of red cells as long as they survive their trauma. Um, another option was looking at early mortality, um, which would be easier to uh, design and more logistically feasible. But again, not particularly patient-centred because I'm not sure a patient would mind if they were alive or dead at four or six hours. They want to be alive and out of home and live, out of hospital and at home living independently, which is why we've chosen this sort of... Um, uh, composite outcome of, of days alive and out of hospital in 90 days, which which we feel is a is a patient-centred outcome. If I were to suffer severe trauma, I'd like to uh, get out of hospital as quickly as possible and be back at home. James, with respect to the trial going forwards, um, are you looking for expressions of interest to participate in the, the trial at this point? Oh, absolutely, definitely. Um, we are fortunate to have had a, some, some EOIs from a number of major trauma centres. Um, we are working very closely with the uh, Australasian New Zealand Trauma Society um, and uh, obviously the uh, uh, Australian College of Emergency Medicine. And we would ideally like to uh, have all of the major trauma centres in Australia and New Zealand involved in this trial. Um, and the reason for that is that we'd like to have a large um, uh, spread of trauma centres in various geographical regions involved. Um, and obviously, the more trauma centres that are involved, um, the more likely we are to be able to achieve our, our, our recruitment outcome. We're, we're looking to enrol um, 950 patients in total um, over a, over a three-year period. Um, so clearly having as many major trauma centres involved as possible um, would, uh, would be greatly beneficial. And certainly in our funding application, um, we have uh, uh, set aside a, a fairly significant per-patient payment and support 
more sites with respect to uh, supply of product and uh, also uh, devices to assess uh, hypoglycemia. James, if there is anyone out there who's interested in participating, how do they get in touch? Oh, yes, certainly. So this study is uh, very fortunately going to be uh, coordinated by the um, ANZIC uh, RC um, under the directorship of uh, Professor um, Jamie Cooper um, at Monash University, uh, also supported by the uh, Blood uh, Synergy um, uh, Research Group uh, headed by uh, Professor Erica Wood at the uh, Transfusion Research Unit at um, Monash University. The two um, uh, co-chief investigators would be Zoe McQuilton, who's a very senior haematologist um, and, and worldwide expert in, uh, in, in blood coagulation um, based at Monash University and obviously myself, uh, consultant intensivist uh, based up on the Gold Coast. So if anybody is uh, interested um, or has any further questions, um, by all means get in contact either with uh, myself um, at james.winnerls at health.qld.gov.au or zoe at um, uh, zoe.mcquilton at monash.edu. James, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast and good luck with Feisty too. Much appreciated. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. For more great interviews just like this, visit our website at oslocommunity.com.